helping out getting the Dream Center started with uh, Mary and uh, Mary's uh, pastor, Nat, and I basically help throughout the community, uh, do chapel services at the homeless shelter, help out with multiple churches in different areas, playing some music a little bit, and uh, preaching and teaching, which I love the opportunity to honor the Lord. Why? Because he has honored me so greatly. Why? I have no idea other than he must really, truly love me, like it says in the Bible that he loves us unconditionally. Because given my past history, and I'm not getting into it, let's just say I was quite the ruffian when I was younger. I liked to fight and anything that went with fighting. And when I think of the pain physically and emotionally that I put on a lot of people as a youth, an angry youth, daddy issues, earthly daddy issues, if I'd have learned when I was young that I had a real heavenly father that I was supposed to emulate and look up to and called him daddy first, I probably would have saved me and a whole lot of other people a lot of pain. But that's my story. I own it. I wear the stripes. And I give the honor and the glory to God every chance I can because I wish I was your age. And I grabbed hold of God and never let him go. What's your name, young man? God's just pulling me really hard right now to you, and he'll do that to me in his service. So I don't know what you got going on up here, and you're doing some ciphering and some figuring out, but let me hear to tell you, I don't care what your peeps say. I don't care what the kids in your generation say. I don't care what TikTok says. I'm here to tell you right now, God is working on you, on you. That's from him to me to you. Because what I do before I come in the truck is I sit and I say, Holy Spirit, I need you to download right now into me. When I walk into there, I got words wrote down on a paper, but I need you or whatever comes from you to come into here to speak out. And if you got an individual that you want me to give it to, then that's what I'll do. I'm a hold no punches kind of guy. I'm a right straight in your face. You're not going to have to wonder what I'm thinking kind of guy. That's to my detriment sometime. But... Like my earthly father, who I didn't like to get the answer from, but I knew he wasn't going to sugarcoat it and just give it to me, both barrels in the face, I did appreciate and respect that. So if I talk like this and I'm getting straight at you, it's because I ain't got time for the niceties. Let's just get right to the meat and potatoes. And I'm going to go right back to the beginning. Jesus loves you, each and every one of you. And why that he loves us, I can't explain it. It's a Jesus thing. Because I can't love that deep. I love my kids, but even as much as I love my kids, I haven't treated them in ways ever that God's ever treated me. Can I get amen for those who got kids? So one of the things I like to do is I like to say God is good, and I like crowd participation. You know, when you're playing sports, there's always that fifth man or that sixth man that's the crowd that kind of keeps you pumping. Y'all are going to be God's cheerleaders for me today. So when I say God is good, you say all the time. God is good? Oh, come on, man. Those my military people. I am not convinced, people. God is good. Now walk it like you know it and live it because he is. He can only do good. And the devil, in case you didn't know, there is a devil. His main job is to see you not be with God. 
Because if you ain't with God, then you ain't getting good. And if you ain't getting good, then you're going hood. And if you're going hood, he's got a real fiery hot one that you ain't never got to worry about turning a thermostat up on. And I don't want to hang out in the devil's hood. So, God is good. All right. I think you got it now. People make fun of me in my Bible. Uh, you know, Pastor, they make brand new Bibles every day. <laughs> this is my Bible. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Full metal jacket, in case you guys were wondering that. That Bible was brand spanking new, and it had two inches of dust sitting in the back of my closet for the longest time. Anybody ever get a gift from your grandma or somebody, a Bible? Oh, grandma, you shouldn't have. In your mind, you're going, no, really, you shouldn't have. What do I, I can balance some chairs and level out the table with it or what? Thanks, Grandma. That was so awesome of you. And your grandma and your mom, usually it's the older people always try and teach Jesus to you. Ever stop and wonder why that is? Because when you get down the road in life a little bit, you start to sort out the things that are really priority and really mean, meaningful. Hmm. I want to pay attention to your older generation. They might have been down the road and learned a few things. Maybe that's why they're trying to give you a Bible and tell you about Jesus. But, like most young people, I took my brand new Bible and threw it in the back of my shoe closet where it slowly got covered with shoes and dust. Until the day I came home <clears throat> to an empty house that was gutted, even the curtains off the window. I deserved all of it. I'm not going to make light of it. And I went through that whole house that Christmas Eve as I was drunk, and everybody was gone, including my kids, that I deserved. Let me keep going back to the I deserve that part. And I walked around the house with the rug that they used to drag the furniture out with. That was the only thing left in the house. And I looked like Linus from Snoopy, crying and laughing, carrying my rug as I walked through the house in all the empty rooms. And I mean, I went into every room, including the closet. And I went to sleep in the spot that used to be my bed laying on the floor. And I woke up the next morning with a pounding headache, a rug that didn't keep me warm. And the realization that, wow, that really wasn't a nightmare because I'm laying on the floor. And then God. Sunstream breaks through the window, and lights up, and the tears are rolling down my head, and I start rewinding the Rolodex in my mind, how did I get to this point? <laughs> and it wasn't hard to put together my lifestyle of why I was in this position and laying on the floor with the rug covering up. And I, I remember my grandma <laughs> saying, Jeff, there's nowhere that the devil can take you that God can't bring you back again. And I went, sat up, and I said, I got on my knees, <clears throat> and I offered this to you. I didn't even know what I was doing. It's called a sinner's prayer. I got on my knees, and I didn't even realize what I was doing. I said, this time I was being real, not just playing God. And I said, God, I have messed up my life so bad. And if you can really do what they say you can do, 
and you can take a broken vase and put it back together and make it useful again, then if there is one shard of anything in me that's good, can you please come into my life? And I'm sorry for all the pain I've done. I'm sorry for the way I've been living. If there is one piece of me that's even remotely good that you can put back together again and use, I am yours. And I got up, and I started walking out the house. Oh, let me rewind. And I said, and to make a promise to you that I'm going to keep this time, I'm going to go, and I'm going to find a Bible. <laughs> and I said, and what, I'm going to rip it open, and whatever my eyes read, I'm going to have it inked on my arm so that I don't ever forget I made you this promise. Went around the house one more time, got to the door, just about ready to walk out, and I stopped myself. God knows. I went back in the bedroom, and I said, I wonder if that Bible Grandma gave me. I cracked open the door and looked in the closet, and there around the back corner, the only thing left was a brand new Bible with two inches of dust sitting on the corner. I pulled that Bible out, Holy Ghost chills went over, and I'm like, I know God's, yep, this thing's on, because he's hearing me. And right now, I'm listening, God, because... I said, when I go find a Bible, I'm going to break it open. I grabbed that Bible, I wiped the dust off it, I flipped it open, and my eyes fell on Philippians 4.13, and you can read it right here underneath the cross. I can do everything through God who gives me strength. Grandma told me that 20 years ago, and I remembered it in that moment of desperation, And Jesus brought me to 948 pages, and my eyes fall on that, and it says I can do everything through God who gives me strength. I can rebuild my life. I can have a relationship with my children. I can be better at work. I can get cured from corona. I cannot even get corona. I can have my husband come to church with me. I can have a find a mate, a wife who believes in Christ like me. I can bring God into my home. And bring that into my environment and my children will learn about God and they won't have to. I can, I can, I can. Let me change it for you. God is called the I am. I am your therapist. I am your way maker. I am the doctor that when your doctor's done, mine just begins. I am the one who supplies every need. I own a thousand cattle, a million fields, and Solomon wasn't even remotely as rich as I am. There is the great I am, and he is the I am to every single one of you. Make him your personal I am and save the money on psychologists. Read, he already wrote you a manual. They say you don't give him a manual when you were born. I say you're wrong. Here's your manual. It's called the Holy Bible. Problem is most of us don't take the time to read the manual. Dang, if I'd have read that, treat others as you would like to be treated yourself, I'd have probably... That would set me up way back when I was 15 fighting in school. If I'd have just read that life manual, get in the habit on the regular reading your life manual. We are creatures of routine. So my routine is when I get up in the morning, I throw a bowl of Cheerios down in front of me, and I grab the word, which I keep real handy, A, so I can and the devil can see it in my house. Did you catch that part? So I can and the devil and demons can see it in my house. When somebody comes to my house, they know I'm a God-fearing man because they see it. It ain't dusty. My children, 
They, they don't watch you, but they watch everything you do. See me in the morning, put my bowl of Cheerios down, grab my Bible, flip it open wherever it lands, and start reading a few things. I'm fed, and I'm fed. And out the door I go. If I'm running late, I'll skip the Cheerios. That is my morning routine. I challenge each and every one of you guys, get a morning routine. Get that Bible up and put it in front of you. Because the other thing it does is it gives you a checkup from the neck up. If I set my heart on something, on a piece that I read, I'm chewing that like bubble gum on my way to work thinking about what I just read. And by the time I get to work, when this guy's being his normal self and this guy's being his normal self and they're all coming at me with their problems, I can deal with it much differently than, well, just do it because I said. Versus, you know what, Bob? You're right. We can all agree to disagree. And it's a peaceful transition. Why? Cheerios, Bible, Word, driving to work, thinking about it, maybe a Christian song on radio, heart, head, all check. Time I walk in the door. Good thing they make more shingles and wood. All right, let's get going. I'm being serious, guys. I, I'm joking around a little bit, but I'm being as serious as a heart attack. Get yourself a routine. Get your brand new dusty Bible out. If it ain't dusty, good for you. Keep going that way. If it is dusty, don't be ashamed. Dust the thing off, start using it. Maybe it'll get duct taped up like you, like, like my Bible. Mine's duct taped up because in my youth, that would have been the last thing I would have ran into the burning house to save. But in my old age, if my house is on fire and the kids and wife were out, I'd be running back in to dig that out. Because it's real special to me now. Because when I look at my life where I am right now, I shouldn't be in the position I am right now at work. I am a non-college, rock those C's and D's through high school, not the sharpest tool in the shed, but I have favor at my work. I've been there 20 years, and this is all glory to God. I get away with more than other people, managers do, (laughs) so to speak, because of God's favor on me. And I give him the credit for it. My means, my house, my possessions, my cabin in the woods that I never thought in a million years I ever would own, all because of God. Because I started reading a manual and living, the, living right. Anybody here want to be a good man? I'm talking to men right now because I can talk directly to you point blank. You just you want to be a good man. I want to do the right thing. Stay in the book on the regular. Eat it before the Cheerios when you go out the house in the morning. And these little ones will be watching you. And the best part about it is, is the stuff you went through, they probably won't have to. You had a messed up childhood and a dad that never did nothing but beat you or talk to you when he wanted something. Guess what? (laughs) You may stand. get up in the morning and reading the book and talking Jesus and it's all right baby God's got us they grow up they don't even know none of that I'm just standing back home five generations of my daddy did it his daddy did it your daddy did it now you get it not my house as for me and me and my family we serve the Lord that's in Jeremiah hmm how did I know that I might have read it And now, as for me and my generations behind me, they ain't going to know the whip. 
Yeah, I want to take a moment of silence to let that one soak in. So I'm sorry if you had a bad childhood, but guess what? It ends with you, and it could end today. At the end of this service, I'm going to do an altar call. You want to come up and give your heart to God and tell him to help you stay right and be a good man or a good woman? Because women, <laughs> who man, I'm glad I'm a man. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Because what you all do, juggle five balls in the air, bills, house cleaning, kids running to school, virtual learning, not virtual learning, diaper changing, then go to work 12 hours. And I thought I was tough. (sighs) We would be a wreck without you. And there ain't nothing more powerful than a woman who got her juggling act together than a woman who's got her juggling act together and the first ball she throws in the air is Jesus. Because that, my friends, is a powerful woman. That is what I am married to and I am proud to say that that Christian faith-filled woman picks me up when my faith is low and stands beside me and we walk together as a team and that is exactly how God made us. I'm already took up half my time, and I ain't even got in the message I wrote on paper. And that's all right. Because remember I said, I said, Holy Spirit, when I'm sitting in the truck, whatever it is somebody needs to hear, just let it come out of me. If anything that I just said of any of all that, that was all non-scripted, if any of it touched your heart or your head, then that's Holy Spirit talking through me to you. And my message today is, (laughs) ironically, I know you're hearing me, but are you listening? That's my message today. I gave you a little, a little prelude. We might run over a little bit. And if, is that all right with everybody if I go like five minutes over, ten minutes over? Okay? Thank you. I appreciate your grace with me. So let's get into Luke. Eric, I think you're going to help me out on this, right? Luke, Luke uh, first chapter of Luke. Hey, man, that's my old thing. I like that. I was like that. Those guys made that for me. So what I'm going to get into is I'm going to get into Luke 1, 26 through 38. For those who are following along in the book. God is good. Oh, come on now. We went over this. God is good. I can keep you awake somehow or another. I'm putting you to sleep talking. God has equipped every living creature with the ability in some form or another to hear. In the animal kingdom, here's the top five. Number five comes in as the dog. Though most sensitive to high-frequency sound, they actually respond better to lower frequencies, i.e., a man's best friend. Hmm. See, there you go, ladies. Maybe uh, they respond better to deeper voices, you know, because, and they're man's best friend because of the deeper voice. They just don't hear you, ladies. And again, you could probably say that about some of your husbands. Maybe they just listen and do a different frequency <laughs> than you guys. Guilty. <laughs> um, number four would be the elephant. Okay, uh, just the visual alone should help you understand why they hear better. I'm not going to get into it. They got big ears. Number three, an owl, mainly because their ears are actually staggered or offset. I did not know this. 
thought that was pretty interesting. Number three on the list. Number two for hearing is the bat because it uses a highly developed submarine-like hearing called sonar. It hits something and then it bounces back to the bat. That's why they can pick mosquitoes off in the middle of the night. You ever watch them all? They literally can hear like that and pick stuff out. thought that was pretty cool. They use sonar, which actually, World War II fact, they studied the bat and learned about sonar through bats. And that's how they were able to find German U-boats when they learned how to use submarine. Pretty cool. I like history stuff, in case you didn't know. Number one. The number one creature that has the best hearing is the moth. And I'm not sure why. It's just what Google said. So there's your top five for hearing. <laughs> but you know who does know why the moth can hear the best? Jesus. Why? Because he made him to listen. And you know who else he made to listen? You and me. To listen. Hearing's one thing. Listening is another. Catch this now. Take your mental pen out and write it down. Hearing is one thing. Listening is the perceiving of what is heard, rationalizing it through thought process, and then acting on it or not. That's listening. I'm going to repeat it for you again. Listening is the perceiving of what I heard, then I rationalize it, and then I'm either going to do something or I'm not going to do something. Hearing may possibly be the number one sense that you should hope to have, but it is useless if you don't listen and perceive it at your thoughts and do something. There's a process to listening versus just hearing it. I hear my wife lots. Most of the time I ain't listening. I'm not thinking about what she said. I'm not perceiving if I should do something or not. <laughs> and then she gets mad. Did you hear me? I heard you. You said, I really would love if somebody could change those light bulbs up there above the kitchen sink because it's really hard for me to see when I'm doing dishes. And you're still sitting watching the Lions lose. Yeah, I heard you. I'm just not thinking about it, the light bulb, and picturing you in the dark washing the dishes. And I'm not acting on doing anything. That's the difference between listening and hearing. I'm sure some of you ladies are very familiar with it. Now, <clears throat> Elizabeth was an old woman past childbearing age, yet an angel told her that she would conceive. So let's start reading here along. Oh, sorry, I lost here. Can you get me back on with that Luke? Luke 1.26? We're going to read through this a while. Bear with me. Follow along. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, this is the old, really old woman, Elizabeth, Read it, Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Gabriel, by the way, is an angel of the Lord. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. 
He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of God, or Son of Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so that the baby will be born holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now is in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So let's break it down. I can hear the DJ. <laughs> Sorry, I'm an 80s child. I like to break dance. So let's break it down. Let's get the let's let's put the the hearing and the listening into action here. So Elizabeth Elizabeth was an old woman past childbearing age, yet the angel told her she would conceive. The angel told her, and Elizabeth listened and believed and conceived catch me, just follow along with me, that she would have a child who would be known as John, who spent his life in the wilderness telling anyone who would listen about a Messiah who was coming to save them. I'm your John right now. Now let's jump to a historical biblical fact that we just read in Luke. I thought it fitting since the real... I thought it fitting to use this story about the birth of Jesus coming up since the real reason for the season is the birth of Christ for all the masses. So, what does it say that she initially was? When angels showed up and dropped this news bomb on Mary, it says she was confused and disturbed. Oh, people, how many, many times in our life has God sent angels or he himself spoke to you and you got confused and disturbed? How many times he sent an angel to you and you didn't even know it? Or how many times somebody tried to drop the word of God at you and start talking to you about Jesus and you got confused and disturbed? Maybe even you got confused and disturbed because you was looking at everybody else to see what they were doing. Oh, that one acting is really, he's acting really like disturbed and mad. That one's acting like, well, he don't know what to think. He's just sitting there staring like we all just, somebody told us something about Jesus and now everybody's getting all twitchy and itchy. I, I should probably get twitchy and itchy too. I should probably be acting like I'm confused and disturbed. Anybody ever been in a situation where, you know, Guys at work or girls in the office or wherever you're at, kids in school, somebody start talking about Jesus or somebody makes something with Jesus comment and everybody kind of gets get a little, little, hmm. You better walk like you know it. Own it. I own Jesus. I won't come pound it in your face. I won't come tell them you got to do A, B, and C. But if you bring up Jesus, oh, I'm going to tell you about Jesus that I know. <laughs> I told all of you at the beginning of the service about the Jesus I know. But she got confused and disturbed, understandably, I guess. But let's see what Mary does with it. 
what she heard. Don't be frightened. See, some of y'all got frightened at first when you heard about God. You didn't know how to respond. You didn't know what to say. You didn't want to think. Still, some of y'all are still frightened about him right now. Some of you young people right now are riding the fence. You're still frightened about him because you just don't know. Don't look at the people to your left and your right. You just talk to God. He'll talk to you. Don't get the outside opinion on Jesus. Because if this dude over here tries to tell me, that oh, there ain't no such thing as Jesus, you guys are reading some 2,000-year-old book that was made up by, like, Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. I'm like, okay, can you explain to me quantum physics? Well, no, but, uh, okay. So you, you, you can't even tell me about the stuff that's going on in the earth and natural world, but you won't convince me that you, without a doubt, know that there's nothing in the spiritual world after I die or there's no entity called that's so divine in power yeah, you, you can't even tell me mathematical equation here on earth. Are you going to convince me that you know everything about the universe? Sorry if I don't just take your word <laughs> at face value. I'm going to have to search this one out on my own and talk to G-O-D on my own. Young people, that's for you. Work it out with Jesus on your own. Don't watch TikTok. Don't watch YouTube videos. Don't ask your friends. You just straight up have a talk with him. He'll talk to you, believe me. Says she was frightened, though, getting all that information. But trusting, trusting him. Mmm, that dang trust word. Somebody had to bring that trust word up. So many trust issues we humans wrestle with. But let's see how Mary responded. So let's break this down again. So he, A, he tells her, you're going to have a baby boy. B, actually God's son. C, no man is going to touch you. And oh yeah, your cousin Elizabeth, who's old and barren, is already six months pregnant with a baby boy who's going to tell everybody about your baby. You know, because she says nothing's impossible with God. <laughs> now try if you can to be merry in that moment. Sweet little naive virgin girl living in an obscure life in an obscure town in an obscure country. And I'm pretty much guessing the first thing she did was go and sit down on a, on a chair and start rubbing her forehead like this and pause for a station identification as she looked at the angel again. Sound about right? <laughs> I think that's what I'd be doing. I just got all this information dropped on me, and I'm going to sit here, and I'm looking back now. Okay, there is an angel standing in front of me. <laughs> I don't see that every day. And then she began the true listening process, listening process, of taking what was heard and through thought process and rationalization and her information, and then... Accepting, believing, and here's that big word, trusting that said information about God was truth. And then acted. What would Mary do with all that information that she has just heard, now listened and processed? What would Mary do? 38 tells us. This is the part of taking notes. You should take a note and get your mental pen out. 
What did Mary do with all that unbelievable downloaded information that was going to happen to her? Can you get Luke 38 up there for me, Eric, by chance? Luke 1, verse 38. Wes, you man in that? Thanks, bud. What did Mary do? All that unbelievable information. I'm just the naive little virgin girl. And that's what Mary did. She said, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left. That's what she did. She responded after listening and processing. Let your will be done, Lord. I was in a hospital about three weeks ago, in the ER actually. I kissed the wife and kids for what I thought was the last time because I had corona, full-blown, and I turned into pneumonia, and I was on my deathbed. I kissed my wife thinking it was the last time, and I went into ER. And I laid in that table. When I walked in there, they hooked me up to all these machines watching my heart and my oxygen rate, and my oxygen rate was terrible. And the doc said, oh, boy, he goes, we got to get some x-rays of your chest. You got something going. Your O2 is dropping hard. You're positive for COVID. This was three, four weeks ago, guys. You're all good. I know I've been shaking hands. I'm washing off. We're good. I'm way, way past it. Anyways, hooks the O2 thing. He goes, oh, man. He goes, I don't like the looks of that. He goes, I'm going to get you some x-rays, get your chest checked out. I remember sitting on the edge of the bed in the ER. I looked at that O2 thing, fighting. Felt like an elephant standing on my chest. And I cried out to God. Listen, Lord, I know that I'm close to the end here. I also know Job 12.10 says, the life of every living creature is in your hand and the breath of man. Job 12.10. I says, if possible, if your will, if you want, please give me my breath back again. If you want to take me today, Lord, I am your willing servant. Let your will be done. But I just feel like you still need me around on earth yet, raising the couple little ones that we adopted and being a dad. And, you know, I just feel like you still got stuff for me to do on this side of the daisies yet. But, Lord, you know what? Let your will be done. I'm your servant, whatever you want to do. I laid down on the side of the bed, and I'm staring at them little old two numbers. And this sense of peace come over me like a wave just washed over me, a warmth as I laid there. And I felt God just kind of like passing by, like, you're okay, Jeff. And he moved on to the next ER room. And I just got this sense of peace like, God's got me. Just lay here, Jeff, and take the medicine, whatever they got. Just God's got you. Whatever will be, will be. Witness. Testimony. My O2 numbers every second, 78, 79, 80, 81, 82. And I fell asleep at like 83. Doctor comes in a little bit later, kind of startles me. He's got his x-ray machine doing some stuff, and he comes around and he goes, wow. He goes, your O2 levels are right where I want them to be at. He goes, that's interesting from when I first hooked you up. And I looked at him, and I goes, yeah. I says, God's an interesting person. And he kind of looked at me like, hmm. And took the x-rays, full-blown pneumonia, said, I'm going to send you home with some medicine, Jeff. He goes, I don't want you coming in the hospital. You don't want to be in the hospital. 
He goes, if you can heal at home, that's what I want you to heal. Gave me the prescription. I had an armband on my thing that said armor of God that I wear. He grabbed me by the hands, and he looked at my armband. He looked at me. He goes, I've given you what I can give you. He goes, you just keep doing what you do. Looking me in the eye. And what I did is I got on the phone, and I put a word out, and I had so many people praying for me. Oh, man, the power of prayer is intense. Understand that the prayer is more powerful when it comes right from the source. And I did. But corporate prayer, like we're going to do at the end of the service, because this, this country needs it, is super powerful. It's me standing up with my pot and pan and stick, ding, 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 up there in, in heaven or down here on earth trying to get angels and God's attention, or it's 50 people going, jing, 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 and the devil is in this, not get too crazy on you, but the devil is in this heaven like above our heavens, and the devil and his demons spend all day long trying to hurry up and muffle out your sound of prayer because they don't want heaven to hear it. They don't want them, they, the devils and the demons don't want God to hear your prayer. And sometimes it seems like, you ever pray for something? It's like, man, ain't nothing happening. And then like three weeks later, you get the job or something comes through. It's not that God's, sometimes God does sweat you out, but sometimes the devil spends so much time and work trying to muffle your, your, your tin pan out that it takes a couple days for, it to, for angels to say, hey, wait a minute, somebody's praying down there. There's, a, there's pot and pans going on down there. And they fight off the demons to open up so the sound goes right straight up to God. God's over here working on fixing global economy. And all of a sudden, what? Jeff McCord? He's praying to me right now? Yeah, so if I raise the ocean levels back up a little bit warmer. That's how it is. I'm making a funny. Are you listening to me? I know you're hearing me, but are you listening to me? Are you taking the words I'm giving you? Are you perceiving them in your thought process? And now when y'all leave today, you're going to either act or not act. God is good. That's better. I might have you by the end of the service screaming it. That's how God works, people. He is your own individual Jesus. Just sometimes it just takes a little bit for the sound to get to him. But one prayer is great, 50 are better, 100 are better, and that's what we need to do to heal this country, this neighborhood, lives, everything. Keep the prayer going. Get to the point where Mary got. I am your willing servant, Lord. Let your will be done. I know what I want, but let your will be done. Uh, let's see. And I told you about how God is the I am. And I've read people all through the Bible and myself personally delivered from everything from ailments to addictions to illnesses to afflictions. And the only reason that all of us come through this is because we trusted him with our life and said, let your will be done. Now listen, I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to do an altar call. I would love for each and every one of y'all to come up here. And there are many things we can come up here for. 
One, maybe you just want to get right with God. Maybe you've been you done playing God. On Sunday morning only, I play God. Put my God face on, put my God clothes on, go to church, hear God, and that kind of sets my conscience good so I can do all the crappy stuff the rest of the week and then come back in on Sunday. That's me speaking old me, which is good. Keep coming on Sunday morning churches. And, yeah, you can watch it on YouTube and Facebook, and no offense to anybody out there, but there's something about an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit when you get a gathering of all like-minded people. It's pretty powerful. It's that one tin pan versus I got 50 in here pounding the pan. We're all in here in one accord. Let's come up here in one accord and corporately pray for something. If somebody wants to be accepting God into their life, into their heart, hold your hand up and we're going to come with some people and lay hands on you and pray for you and help walk you through it. Basically, this is the gist of it. Lord, I'm sorry for everything that I've been acting and doing and I haven't been living right. Please come into my heart and be my God. I know that your son Jesus died for me and I accept you to be my God from here on out and I'm going to do the best that I can to always walk with you. More faithful to that bowl of Cheerios as I am going to be is that to that Bible. You may want to pray for that. You may want to pray, Lord, I've got a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or a sister or a brother who's in a hospital right now fighting for his breath. And I want to stand in the gap and intercede and pray for him. Lord, I have a spouse. Lord, I have a psychological problem. Lord, I have an addiction. I ain't got to come in here. I ain't stand here and read through the, through the scroll. You all got your own thing. My point is, making you've just heard me, now listen to what I said, and make a free will movement on your own to do something of verse 38, I'm your servant, Lord, let your will be done. What do you got plans for me for? And then accept it. Is that all right? Eric, can you cue up just a little music for me? I'm going to walk around here. If you got an unspoken or special prayer you would like, I'll grab my mask. You can just raise your hand, and we will come by. Just maybe, Marlene, you can help me, and we'll just lay hands on you and pray for you. You ain't even got to tell us your business. You just say, you just hold your hand up that you want prayer. And we will take a minute and whatever and, and just pray a prayer over you. For the rest of you, you already know your business. You know what you need. You just come up here, and you just, you just have your one-on-one -on -one with God. Because right now the angels have heard all our pots and pans, and the heaven is wide open. And Jesus got a straight line right to us right now in this moment. Take advantage of it before the cloud cover comes back in again. So, with that, anybody that wants on your own free will, come up here, and we will pray for you. And you can hold your hand up, and you can pray for yourself. not squeeze as much juice out of that as you can. Don't just stop here. You're at the edge of the cliff. Why not just jump and trusting and believing in God? Just jump. You've got nothing to lose but so much to gain. So much to gain. Altar is open.
touch him and open his heart, Father, I pray. He's going to talk to you, Lord. Let him know you can hear him. Let him know it's all. 